0: Good morning. Morning, Joe. Welcome to Mr. Roundtable, Table, Mark. Happy birthday. Thank you. you. Yeah, thank you. Morning, Ronnie. You. How are you? Good. Man. So Phil. Phil said, You're really gonna like this series. I said, No, I'm gonna love this series. I got up at 4 o'clock this morning, excited about this one. New series, guys. Fathering the model of Jacob or Jacob modeling fathering. Not perfect, just inspired by God. Fathering. It's a new series. So let me do some housekeeping. Uh, just kind of checking back in here It's C Spire. Uh, Guys, if you're here today and you're a first-timer, raise your hand. One guy, thank you. Two guys. You are now part of the men's group. So please invite other men to come. We are at a, in, in my opinion, we're at a critical juncture in society. Masculinity and men are under attack like I have never in my lifetime seen before. Maybe start in the 60s, I don't know. Whatever, whatever revelation, whatever, whatever. But I know clearly in my own eyes, I see men, fathers and masculinity under attack every day in media, Wherever you want to look, radio, TV, movies, men are under attack. But men are an integral part of the family. That is the cornerstone of the family. Something that needs to be restored, something that needs to be bolstered, something that needs to be encouraged, something that needs to be coached. We may not have had the best example of fathers, but that doesn't mean we can't change things. It's up to us. I'm glad you're here. Please take the opportunity of asking another man to come join us. If somebody you know that's traveling and they can't do that, they can get us on the podcast or they can find us on menstable.com. Please encourage men to go there. If you've missed notes from previous series, you wanna go back and look, menstable.com is filled with information there. Please go back and look at it in. When you come in the mornings, if you would, please be sure you sign in. C-SPIRE does host us and provides us this meeting space and the breakfast, we appreciate that. Thank you so much. The only thing they ask in return is if you would please sign in, so they know who's in their building. Now that is a security issue as well as it's a way for us to keep up with who's here, so you can be on the newsletter and if we have a change in schedule or something, you can be you can be made aware of that. Parking, free to park over here in this area. You can park on that side of the building. All this parking over here is easily accessible. It looks like it may be controlled by Get access, but you can park over there. Please invite other men to come. We appreciate that. Deer Camp this weekend is sold out, as I understand. Fantastic. I got one spot
1: left. One okay. spot open. I got I got one, one spot.
0: One spot open for Deer Camp this weekend. Uh, if anybody would like to join us, please go online. Uh, there's information at the bottom of the handout where you can sign up and register. Please do that. With that, let me help us with a prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the opportunity of gathering here today. Lord, we know you were here before we got here. You are the Father, mm-hmm. our Father the example we look at Lord I am excited about this series I'm excited about what you can do in the hearts of men thank you for that thank you for giving us your son mm. to die on the cross so that we could be restored to you mm. it's in his name we pray mm. Amen. Amen. Amen Thank you Joe
2: Morning gentlemen Morning. Excited to be here this morning, excited to begin a new series, um, The Power of a Father. And uh, our Heavenly Father um, is the one that we look to um, every day um, to care about us um, um, and to guide us through every day. And I have a song that I want to offer you by Jeremy Camp. Uh, Jeremy Kemp is a noted um, Christian singer. Let me just uh, direct your uh, eyes to the beginning of the song, and let me read just a portion of this to kind of prime the pump here. Father, I cover up the pain that I'm lost in because I want to be enough, and it's exhausting. Trying so hard, but really, I'm just wearing my heart out, and I find myself right on the verge of a breakdown, then you hold me in your hands. Remind me who you are and who I am. I was born broken so you can make me whole. I'll bring my dirt and let you wash over me like water. I was born to need you to wipe the tears I cry. Yes, you made me a child so you could be my father. I'm your child and you're my father. Even when I'm lost and I don't feel found, when humans are human and they let me down, you're still my father. May you hear the voice of God and may he open our hearts to what he has for us this morning. Father, Father, trust this series will bring you more in touch with our Heavenly Father, bring healing um, with your earthly Father, bring you more in touch to your sons, those of you who are fathers, um, and it'll be a great time um, of listening to our Father teach us. Be on the alert. Stand firm in your faith, act like men, be strong First 1 Corinthians sixteen thirteen. So we start a new series today, once again, uh, on our journey through 14 years of being here at uh, Men's Roundtable, trying to figure out what in a wide, wide world of sports that God and the Apostle Paul meant when he said that phrase in 1 Corinthians 16, 13, act like men. We're still trying to figure it out, right, Scott? Still trying to figure it out. So let me um, direct your attention to something that Ron has before we get started. And I want Ron to come up and share an opportunity for us to be fathered on a particular night coming up in April uh, through a real coach and mentor um, and uh, understand a little bit better about this whole masculinity journey.
1: Mm. Thank you, bro. Um, So guys on the handout, you may have already read this. I don't think you did. Uh, The power of a father As men in a culture under attack. We need an understanding of mature masculinity. Mature masculinity, a vision and direction we can pursue with our sons. We need tools, methods, and ideas to help us become godly men and from which to equip our sons. We need to grow up. Guys, um, we're doing this event April the 13th at Vertical Church. Um, and <laughs> Nate Larkin is uh, coming to town. Uh, he's actually come to deer camp that, this that weekend. Uh, He wants to see the model uh, and the process. Uh, He's heard a lot about it, and he wants to come check it out and go through it himself.
2: And he'll Uh, be speaking here that morning. Yeah, he
1: will be here speaking at Roundtable that Thursday morning. And uh, if you don't know Nate's story, um, Nate's got a story uh, very much similar to mine, except he was a pastor. And he got found out. And then he began his journey of maturity, becoming a real man. Because he got honest, he got vulnerable, he began to do recovery. And recovery is nothing more than recovering the life that God intended us to live from the beginning. Gentlemen, we are all in recovery. If you don't understand that, we got a sign for you. Jesus talked about recovery. He said, Up, came to bring recovery of sight to the blind. That's about awareness. It's about an inward journey of beginning to figure out who you are as a man, beginning to understand what it means to be a real man, true masculinity. And the, the evening is going to consist of uh, Stephen Soller who's here, Stephen, uh, Burgers and Blues. Uh, Stephen owns Burgers and Blues and he's going to have, uh, I think, both food trucks there. Uh, food will be available. We're not paying for it because you're a bunch of cheap. Anyway, you can buy food. It will be available. Uh, and then Nate is going to speak and then we're going to do a panel discussion. Uh, just and. Q and A time, and there'll be some guys that have been part of Deer Camp community, uh, understanding what it means to begin to live life connected on a deeper level in authentic community with other men. Uh, not church, I'm not picking on church. But most time I go to church, I see people, guys I know there, and it's like, hey man, how are you doing? Great, good, I'm fine. See next Sunday, let's go serve, let's go do something. There's no connection. Not bashing the church, it just is what it is. And life was meant to be a team sport, as we always say. Um, Name is the founder of the Samson Society. It is a worldwide ministry to men. Uh, It originally started uh, just as a ministry for men to become connected in deeper ways much like deer camp and guess what (laughs) men show up and sexual brokenness it just permeates everything same thing at deer camp our culture has changed men are dying men are struggling It's just the reality of our culture. And April 13th will be an opportunity to actually begin to understand experience on a deeper level what it means to live life connected. It's what Jesus modeled. It's what he taught us. It's what he showed us. It's how it was meant to be. And the goal would be for, I mean, you know, you guys here are... Kind of on the next level of kind of dipping your toe in the water. If you just come to Roundtable, you're dipping your toe in the water. If you haven't been to deer camp, uh, you're not in the deep end of the pool. That's a challenge for those of you that haven't been. You need to. And for those of us that do live it, the goal would be to bring guys that don't know what this stuff is all about. I mean, our mission, our purpose, our goal is rescuing the hearts of men. Because men are hurting, men are dying, men are alone. So I want to encourage you to put this date down. Bring a guy. um, And I would say, I don't know, go zip tie your pastor, duct taping. uh, Everybody on staff at your church and get them there, because they need it too. Those guys may need it more than regular guys, because they can't be honest for nothing. They'll get fired. I don't blame them. I like my stuff. I wouldn't be honest either. Um, we will, uh, the donations will be, we we'll are passed the plate about 10 times, I think. Uh, And then we'll have a place, the QR code, there'll be a place for donations. And any money that we raise, hopefully a lot, uh, it'll be split between uh, Samson Society and Ebenezer Place, Deer Camp. And that's where the donations will go. So guys, I just want to implore you to man, drag some guys there. Uh, I think it's going to be an incredible opportunity. Um, Phil and Ben Derek and myself will be part of the panel discussion. And of course, Nate will too. So I think it's gonna be good. We're gonna Facebook live it. Um, Samson has 15,000 men all over the world. Um, And we're gonna video, uh, actually professionally video record it to use as a resource, because I believe it's gonna be that good. So I'm gonna put these out on the table Grab one and go out. Spread the word. Get guys there. Thank you, guys.
2: Be a great evening. Pick up your notes. Let me uh, complete the uh, reading of the introduction. Uh, Roan mentioned it. Is this on? Is it okay? Um, The power of a father. Follow with me as we read our introduction. Um, As men in a culture under attack, we need an understanding, a mature masculinity, a vision and direction we can pursue with our sons. We need tools, methods and ideas to help us become godly men and from which to equip our sons. We need to grow up. And then as always the method of God all through scripture. He gives us a model, even an imperfect model. And he gives us Jacob. Jacob, the patriarch of Israel, the father of a nation, is a troubling character in the Old Testament. He is so much like us, like me, with very human strengths and weaknesses, but a man with a striving for spiritual things. From this imperfect man, we learn important lessons of faith, especially we learn about God's grace, time to engage, enjoy the adventure. Guys, this series uh, we will spend uh, through uh, Labor Day. So the next six months or so, we'll be uh, working uh, with this idea of your father wound, of fathering. Again, Jacob will kind of be our biblical model, but I'm gonna invite you um, to finish the work, complete the work that maybe you've begun but never completed with the work of your father or those of us who are fathers to work with our sons. And I'm gonna encourage you to do some letter writing and I'm gonna model that, share that, examples. And I wanna invite other guys in the group as we've been doing the last several um, uh, months through our Be The Lion group that as you have stories to tell, please let me know. And I would love to give you three minutes or so just to share it with the whole group. So again, we can model for one another the work that you're doing, I'm doing, that we are doing collectively uh, to encourage one another. So pick up your pen, let's go to work. Let's start with some writing, some journaling. I believe in journaling, don't you? Uh, Question number one, what stories of your father do you carry? Stories of pain or stories of healing? But guys, I've been working with uh, men for over 30 years. And um, when men get honest about their life, there's two topics that will start to come out um, as they're being honest. And it's typically the story of their fathers. Um, Few of us had great fathers. Uh, Many of us had fathers that wounded us deeply the harsh things they said, or in my case, the harsh things that were never said. It was the silence that was more damaging. I mean, I was like a golden retriever trying to get a dog biscuit with my dad, wanting him to tell me that I played a good basketball game, give me that verbal affirmation. He just didn't know how. But I didn't know that he didn't know how. I thought in my crazy head as an eight-year-old, a 10-year-old and a 12-year-old, that he was withholding from me. That he was just trying to be mean and tough, and did you know what fill uh, will fill a hole of a young man who is deeply wounded? You know what will fill that hole? Anger. 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 The deep wounds of a of a young boy that are illustrated by the anger in an adult man. Um. So as you consider that first question, I want to read to you a letter that I wrote to my dad um, when I was 43 years old. I just had my 70th birthday, so this was a few years ago. But this was such a huge letter for me, and I've shared it here before. um, But but I want to read this because I want you to hear this as work that you may need to do. My dad died on December the first. He'd have been 95 years old. So glad he's in heaven. He's dancing with Jesus. And I didn't have anything I needed to say to him or hadn't said. And I'm so glad that I could just, you know, usher him into heaven. He's in a much better place and not feeling all this regrets. I wish I'd have said this, wish I'd have heard this from him, all that. So here's the letter that I wrote my dad that began the healing process in our relationship. Uh, I was 43 years old, written on August the 26th, 1996. Dear Dad, several weeks have passed since we were together in Myrtle Beach. By the way, it was a family vacation. I mean, you know what the definition of a family vacation is, don't you? Too many people in too small a place for too long a time. (laughs) Welcome to family vacation, right? (laughs) Too many people, too small a place, too long a time. Several weeks have passed since we were together in Myrtle Beach. I've struggled since with the last couple of days of our visit. Writing you seems to be the best way of talking to you. What happened in the car the night we attempted to drive down the beach was no big deal for me. I did not mind going back to the condo. However, what developed from that episode brought back many childhood feelings that hurt. In many ways, I've tried to deny the anger and hurt I felt over the next couple of days and since, but those feelings seem to be attached to a bigger pile of feelings. The silence that came from your anger over the next two days was experienced as rejection by me. I felt like I did when I tried to get you to attend that Boy Scout meeting 30 years ago. I hated that feeling then and I hate it now. I feel so foolish in a sense, a 43-year-old man bringing up childhood feelings to a 68-year-old father. I guess I'll never outgrow being a son who wants to be near his father. When mom followed me out to the balcony the morning after the car episode, I saw that old pattern of her covering for you. She told me you were not mad at anyone but her. Well, that did not help me because I wanted to hear that from you. And again, I felt the same feelings I felt at eight and nine and ten years old when she talked to me, but you did not. As I've gotten older, my love for you has increased as well as my desire to be with you. I cannot say that getting older has made my feelings for relationship with my dad lessen. I see the humor in the beer commercial when the man says, I love you, man. There's a real side to that picture that I cannot deny. That I suffer from not handling my anger very well. Carla, the girls and others have experienced my anger more than I wish they had to. I've seen by me holding the anger inside and being silent about it causes them to feel rejected by me. I never intend that, but the anger is like a deadly gas that no one sees, but it permeates the room and chokes the life from those in its path. I wish that those last two days in Myrtle Beach had been different. I wished you would have said something to me, but there was nothing said unless I spoke to you. No goodbye, no nothing. I realized you were not mad at me, but how it made me feel could not have been much worse. I love you, even when I experience hurt. I am sorry that you and I both suffer from an anger problem that affects those around us. I'm trying to break that pattern. You've given so much to me. You've helped me in numerous ways. I know I probably did not show or express my thankfulness enough You and mom are appreciated. I would like to hear from you. I'm not mad at you. I love you too much to be so. I just experienced those last two days of Myrtle Beach too painfully to act as if nothing happened. I guess many things have changed as the years have passed, but me being your son and you being my daddy has not changed. Love, Phil. Guys, that was almost 30 years ago. Still brings tears to my eyes. I sent the letter. This was back in the days of pagers before cell phones. I sent it on a Monday morning. And it was on Wednesday. My pager goes off. And, you know, I looked and it was the home number, um, mom and dad's number. And I said, oh, goodness, mom's died. Mamaw's died. You know, Pedro goes up because I didn't have any idea that in 48 hours, a letter could be delivered uh, to Elizabethton from Jackson, Mississippi. And um, I called the number. He answers the phone. And when I said, Dad, is everything OK? And he realized it was me. He starts crying. Now, he's 68. I'm 43. I'd never heard my da- dad cry ever, ever. He starts crying and this is what he said he said i got your letter my daddy never told me that he loved me and i've never known how to tell you that i love you oh my goodness dude he's crying i'm crying angels are singing (laughs) You know, Julia Roberts is walking on top of a mountain. The hills are alive. You know, it's like, dude, all that anger was washed away. All that anger. I was very, very fortunate that he and I got all that reconciled. Wow. And our our relationship changed. Now, it, it wasn't like from then on we had the most deepest, intimate conversations ever. No, we still talked about Tennessee football, no matter what we talked about. But the anger was gone. Anger was gone. Guys, that's the work that I want you to do on whatever level you need to do it. Um, The hurtful things, the hard things, our hearts will never be full of Jesus until we empty Him um, of the poison of sin in our hearts. Jesus forgives us, yes, and He washes us white as snow. But the work of recovery, or to use my seminary degree language, um, the work of sanctification is eradicating the sin in our lives, cleaning out the dark closets and I used to think that sanctification or growth was just simply being better and better and better and helping people, leading people to Jesus, reading my Bible, being ready for Bible trivia when it broke out at any moment. you know now all of those are good things, but what I had not realized. Um, is that so much of sanctification or the recovery process is uh, getting the sin out of my life by acknowledging it. AA has the great model, you know, Bob, what's, what's the first thing you got to say in AA? Hello, my name is Phil and I'm a sinner. That's what it, I'm an alcoholic and all the sinners at the AA meeting say, Amen. Phil, glad you're here. Wouldn't that be great if that's the way we started even men's round table? Wouldn't that be great if that's the way we started Sunday school class? If it's the way we started church? Let's all stand and acknowledge why we're here. Hello, my name is, and I'm a sinner. Guys, that's the work that we're going to do is this process relative to our fathers. And you're welcome to have a copy of this or anything else that I share um, that can help you on, on your journey. All right. Question number two, we're moving right along here. Question number two. How have you been fathered by someone other than your father? Would you write down the names of men who come to your life that have had an impact on your life other than your father, a little league baseball coach, um, a grandfather, uh, just a friend that you're sitting to this morning I, i've I've been fathered by men in this in this room, and again, that term I understand may be new to some of you uh, fathered you know you didn't you didn't get that word in English grammar. you know, diagram that sentence. How have you been fathered? You know we're using fathered as a verb. There's an action being taken. And the idea of being fathered by other men, by a group of men who being cared for, nurtured, giving you feedback, uh, holding and containing your hurt, um, correcting you, affirming you, that's what we mean by fathered. Now, by the way, in, in that regards, there's two books that I'm gonna be using as a resource. Again, as I've said to you many times before, my spiritual gift is plagiarism and personalization. Very proud of my gift. Uh, My uh, my wife loves me, and she calls me a curator uh, that I find really good stuff, like a museum curator, and then I pass it on to you. So the two books that I'm using um, is Jacob Following God Without Looking Back by Gene Getz. Many of you know Gene Getz is a fantastic Bible teacher at a Dallas seminary had the privilege of sitting under Gene Getz uh, while, uh, the year I was on staff with Campus Crusade, Steve, at SMU. Uh, he was just starting Fellowship Bible Church. And then the other book um, is by Robert Lewis, and mine is personally autographed, Philip God Bless, Robert Lewis. I was at a Robert Lewis conference in um, uh, Little Rock, Arkansas, where his church is. And his book is Raising a Modern Day Knight, a Father's Role in Guiding His Son to Authentic Manhood. So I would encourage you to get this book and read this. It's fantastic uh, in terms of especially helping young men um, become uh, become, uh, mature adults. And so if you're a grandfather, it's a great book to help uh, lead your grandbabies, uh, grandsons into adulthood. Final um, question. Who have you helped to become a better man? Who have you helped to become a better man? (laughs) Think about that. Who can you say that you're even praying for? Okay. You know, you might say, well, I don't know how to help somebody. Look, buy somebody, a young man, a cup of coffee. I mean, I would love to walk into Cubs, Broad Street, Broad Street Bakery, Primo's, wherever, and see men in this room with young men over a cup of coffee. Wouldn't that be great? You know, 16-year-olds sitting with you, 20-year-old men sitting with you, young men and old men sharing together. What's gonna happen this weekend uh, at Ebenezer Place is men are gonna be fathered. And Stephen and the other guys at the hangar um, down at Tanglewood retreat site did this this past weekend, cared for and fathered a group of men. I wanna read to you another letter. And this is a letter that was written um, after uh, one of our deer camp weekends. And a guy took the time, which I so appreciated, And not He didn't just fill out the feedback form, but he wrote me a letter and sent it to me. I want to share it with you this morning. Dear Phil, I've been wanting to go to the men's coaching weekend, a.k.a. deer camp, all my life and never knew it until this past weekend because I didn't know deer camp was possible. The man who rode home with me yesterday and I talked more as we rode on. At one point, I started to say, quote, next to my conversion, this is the best thing that has ever happened to me, unquote. I was about to say that. I should say the good Christian thing, the theologically correct thing. Deer Camp is the best thing that has ever happened to me. I've always been Jesus's. My conversion was letting me in on the secret. Deer Camp was him showing me what being saved moment to moment looks like, what real men, the kind he's making look like. Lord knows what we will be when he's done. And thankfully he does know. I affirm again to you that the turning point for me came when you shared your story and then Roan shared his. I could not believe my ears. You were honest about not just one, not two, not three, but four painful events, even failures in your life, about the shame, the hurt to you and others, the struggle to take responsibility, embrace your own wounds, and allow others to heal. When I heard your story, I began to realize that I have barely moved from, quote, no strikes and you're out, unquote, to one strike and you're out in relationships. In my experience, honesty equals desertion. So one confession about anything sinks a relationship. I've kept my dear wife in an ocean's length from my true self for years. I hope to learn as I work with my issues, how to live in the same state, the same home, the same bed with my wife. No surprise, old pains were waiting on me when I arrived home. The children ran to greet me, but my wife stood back. After parenting kids all weekend, she wanted to visit her best friend for some girl time. I could feel the spikes of rejection, out of proportion to the actual events, but sticking me inside nonetheless. This morning, my wife and I had a tense phone conversation about money. A responsibility i haven't owned for years in each situation i'm immediately thought of old coping strategies so my own personal jack torrance from the shining was waiting for me in jackson with a few here's johnny moments but he's not through the door with the axe yet with yonder struck irony i realized last night that yesterday was my dad's birthday He would have been 85. So fitting that I can celebrate the birth of my biological father and the gift of 23 new deer camp fathers at the same time. If being with Jesus was anything like being with deer camp guys this weekend, no wonder the disciples died for Jesus as he had died for them. My fathering has already been affected by men's coaching experience. I corrected my daughter last night about asking a question repeatedly, but I spoke a bit harshly. Her feelings were hurt. I looked her in the eyes and said, I'm sorry, and I love you. She nodded, and then out of nowhere I said, I'm glad you're here. She looked at me with a strange smile and said, I know to which I replied, I know you know, but I wanted you to hear me say it. I'm glad you're here. Welcome. I'm glad you're here. Two verses I'm holding on to from the weekend. Romans 5 20, God's grace is furious and relentless. It has kicked, does kick, and will kick the hell out of sin. Isaiah 61, one through four, God builds on and out of my life's wreckage, I have to deal with the ruin, but I don't have to get rid of it. I'm willing now to consider that the wreckage just might be part of Plan A. These verses are why I choose—I uh, chose a tiny oak as my zakar, my remembrance. God's at work, growing something out of what I've always wanted to hide. I've done a pretty good comp- composting job—composting uh, job—with my life. So God's got a lot of rich ground to grow stuff in. You guys are some crazy, godly, broken, manly brothers. I'm glad to be one of you. If heaven is anything like deer camp, I think I'm going to like it with brotherly love and fatherly love, a man who needs other men. One of my most prized possessions right there is the heart of a man like you. Like me. Turn over to Genesis chapter twenty eight. Genesis chapter twenty-eight
3: begins the story of Jacob and No, it's twenty-five. I was
2: going to say that—that's not twenty-eight. That's not right. Thank you. Twenty-five. Yeah. Genesis twenty-five is the um, beginning of our exposure to Jacob. So we're introduced to Jacob. Follow with me at verse nineteen. This is the family tree of Isaac, son of Abraham. Abraham had Isaac. Isaac was 40 years old when he married Rebekah, daughter of Bethel, the Armenian of Pada Aram. She was the sister of Laban, the Armenian. Isaac prayed hard to God for his wife because she was barren. God answered his prayer and Rebekah became pregnant. But the children tumbled and kicked inside her so much that she said, if this is the way it's going to be, why go on living? She went to God and and to find out what was going on. And God told her, two nations are in your womb, two peoples butting heads while still in your body. One people will overpower the other and the older will serve the younger. And when her time to give birth came, sure enough, there were twins in her womb. And the first came out reddish, as if snugly wrapped in a hairy blanket. And they named him Harry. Esau, his brother followed. Now listen to this. His fist clenched tight to Esau's heel. They named him Jacob Heel. And Isaac was 60 years old when they were born. The boys grew up. Esau became an expert hunter and outdoorsman. And Jacob was a quiet man preferring life indoors among the tents. Isaac loved Esau because he loved his game. But Rebekah loved Jacob. And we'll read on. Jacob was a mama's boy. Jacob played video games. Esau was a hunter. Jacob was addicted to watching television. Esau fished and hunted. Um uh-uh. so guys, it is so important that we understand. Put the slide up there, Jeff, if you would, please. That God has given us a model, a patriarch of Israel, I mean, the, the, the father of Israel, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And God says, these, these are your fathers. There's a lot of information about Abraham. There's not very much about Isaac, by the way. It's interesting. Isaac is, you know, we, we remember him as, as kind of the sacrificial lamb almost. Uh, there's very little about Isaac, and then there's a ton on Jacob, and we're going to look at Jacob over these next few weeks. I'm kind of fill in the blank there, but what I what I want to do is in this series, thanks to my good friend Jack Page, and Jack, you know you don't even realize how God uses you sometimes, but I was preparing for this, and Jack sends me a text about a video um, called Show Me the Father. I wasn't aware of that, Jack, until you sent that to me. That's what we're going to use in our series. It was done. When I, when I looked at the trailer and I saw um, the, the video, Like I'm going to show you clips out of this through our whole series to where over a period of time we'll basically watch this. But I want to encourage you to watch this on your own. I'll show you the trailer, Show Me the Father. Watch this.
3: All of, all of us have a fatherhood story. My dad was my hero growing up. My father was somebody who disappointed you. To have my father proud was my sole purpose of playing football. I want to make a difference in the lives of young people the way my father made a difference in my life. We put
2: a representation of our father and all of our babies.
0: I prayed for me and my brother and my mom to get through this night. I think we lived in seven different houses kind of running from my dad.
2: I started losing my ability to walk we didn't realize
0: the war that was going on inside of him
2: wishing that i could
3: just die lord why didn't you give me a dad i could call because i need wisdom right now i knew that i wasn't prepared to be anybody's mom i was doing the right thing for him and i panicked and sherman says man listen calm down it is a beautiful thing to have a child this is why i do what i do for guys like that
0: it was like the hair on the back of my neck is standing up.
3: She said, I can tell that you already love her.
0: And I don't. I would get asked about family history. and I didn't have any
3: answers because I didn't know. Did you have a baby in 1972 in Allegheny County? She sends back, yes. I'm like, oh, is her. I'm stunned. He's real. He's really out there. And this is really real. This is really him.
1: In the Bible, the blessing was everything. I declare that you are a beloved son in whom we are well pleased.
2: You're pushing all the buttons that men want to hear their dad say. It was the first time I'd been called out
1: like that. He was that first man that paid attention to me. He was treating me like a bad boy. Your perfect father in heaven can change the trajectory of your life. It's like the light came through, and I wept till I couldn't weep anymore.
3: You are unconditionally loved. Haven't I been a good father? I need somebody to show me. I
2: encourage you to watch that video. I encourage you to be attuned uh, to the God's message from uh, Genesis on Jacob. I invite you to be attuned to the words from First Corinthians 13, verse 11. Uh, 3.13. 1 Corinthians 13 um, is a strong implicit message given to us that we need to be fathered. The message out of that passage is this idea of growing up. When I was an infant at my mother's breast, I gurgled and cooed like any infant. When I grew up, When I grew up, if I grew up, it's about time I grow up.
3: I left those infant ways
2: for good. Guys, you cannot grow up. You will not grow up without a father. And yet that doesn't mean that your biological father is your only resource. Men in this room have been resources for me. I've been resources for you. We can father one another, but we need to be a part of the tribe. You need to be a part of the team. This idea of needing to be fathered, we've just lost a vision. Our culture is in deep trouble, and at the heart of its trouble is a loss of a vision for manhood. It's difficult to know how to maintain our masculine balance in this general, gender-neutral culture. I mean, it is hilarious to me that Jacob spent so much time with his mama. And yet we see the dysfunction of that. I mean, God doesn't hide that. I mean, it's like, thank God that Jacob's not this perfect guy. But man, until he came face-to-face with God and started doing his own work, he was a mess. Three critical questions that I want you to ask yourself through this whole series. I'd even invite you to journal this through this series the next six months. Start every day. Start every day. What am I as a man? What is a man? What does that mean that I'm a man? Act like a man. Tease that out. Put words to that. What does that mean? Second question What processes produce a man? Watching video games, you know? No, that doesn't produce a man. Number three, how do you know when you've become a man? How would you know? How would you know? Well done. You've walked the journey of manhood well. What would that look like? What would you want it to look like? What are you training your sons and grandsons to do? We need a model. Manhood is no longer a unique calling in our culture. It's now seen more as a problem to be overcome. It's something to apologize for. Really? No way. Act like a man. Act like a man with humility. Own your sin. Repent. Acknowledge it. Guys, I I love everything that I've read out of what's happened at Asbury Seminary, Asbury uh, University, the revival. I believe that when men start to be fathered and become fathers, revival can break out because of that. Wouldn't it be great if one morning, revival broke out in here and they couldn't get us out of here. Jimmy would have to call the police to get us out of here. (laughs) Because the spirit of God was moving in here. He would come down from downstairs and he wouldn't believe what he's seeing, Jimmy. Amazing. God's spirit can move when men's hearts get broken for him. Hearts of fathers. Many men today are searching for their true masculine identity. The best hope lies in the hearts of fathers. We need to understand the journey, the process that calls sons to be godly men, a passage from boy to man. We need to know the how. And guys, I'll do my best over the next six months or so to offer you uh, piece by piece, and we'll put this puzzle together. Act like a man. Be fathered. Be a better father. Be a better son. And that all points to our Heavenly Father. To Him be all the glory. It is our Heavenly Father uh, that we surrender to close in prayer. Father, I thank you that I can call you daddy, abba, father. Father, you are so imaginative and creative that you would give your redemptive story to us in the form of a daddy relationship, a son to a father. Thank you, Lord, so much for your imagination, for your creativity, and for the redemptive story of the gospel that brings us into relationship as a son to a father. We love you in Jesus name, amen. Amen. Have a great week.